Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special, very different episode of Adapt This. This episode, I'm joined by the Rob Logan of the Geek Generation, the the founder of the very network that you're listening to currently. And we're putting the comic books aside. We're putting the movies aside just for a moment. And we're talking about building a better Batman. With the recent news of Robert Pattinson playing Batman, we decided to take an in-depth look at the character of Batman and Bruce Wayne, what makes him special, what makes him unique, what our favorite moments, what our favorite story arcs are, and we even cast our own Batman movie. We had so much fun recording this episode and talking about who would play what character in our ideal Batman movies, and now I'm curious, who would you want to see play Batman or Robin, or Nightwing, or Batgirl, or Joker, or Two-Face, or any one of the many characters that we mention during this episode. Remember, you can always email us directly at adaptthispodcast at gmail.com, and you can tweet at us at adaptthis on Twitter. This type of episode is going to be something that we continue to do. I would say about after every four episodes or so, you're going to be treated to another one of these surrounding another character with all that being said let's turn on the bat signal cue in the theme song and hear about building a better batman All right, Rob. Greg. Hey. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining me on this very special, very different episode of Adapt This. Happy to. I couldn't think of a better person to help people, I think, better understand who Batman is as a character and why when maybe a certain casting choice happens, people get maybe a little more upset than what, you know, might some might deem a normal reaction, which is not true because i think it's a completely normal reaction so logically you invited batman himself so logically i got batman <laughs> onto the show because that's just what you do when you were, we're discussing batman what we're going to do is we're, we're going to build a better batman we've had a lot of iterations of batman in live action movies uh we've had everything from michael keaton all the way up to ben affleck mm-hmm. and many in between we're going to dissect the character We're going to figure out what makes him tick, what makes him unique, what makes Batman different than, say, someone like, oh, I don't know, the Punisher or someone uh, like Iron Man, things like that. Then we're going to go ahead and build our own Batman movie Mm -hmm. for everything from casting to the story and even things like the suit, what kind of gadgets he'll use, so on and so forth. Cool. So let's just dive right on into it. So let's first off. Uh, Rob, who is Batman? So Batman, (laughs) I feel like I'm talking to the people that know these things already, but it's fine because there's also there's Batman and then there's Batman to me and Batman to you because Batman is a character that inspires adaptation and there are different versions of different Batmans. There are versions that I'm a fan of and there are versions that I'm not a fan of. But there are some things that kind of create a through line for that character that always need to be present or else it's no longer that character anymore. You've now gone 
outside of those bounds and you've created an homage to Batman, but it's not quite Batman. Exactly. So Batman, uh, how, how do you want me to get in the origin? Like narratively or like, well, let's go, let's go narratively. Like a quick two sentence. We're not going to, we're not going to spend an entire podcast episode on <laughs> the movies the- have recapped his origin enough that we don't <laughs> well <need> enough. <laughs> so for anyone who might not be super familiar with Batman, Batman yeah. is a character uh, that was created out of tragedy. And that mm-hmm. is a key part of who that character is. So the death of his parents at a young age shaped this boy to grow up to be a man that swore this would never happen to another kid. And that was his driving motivation and driving mission to dedicating his life to gathering all the skills that he would need to ensure that that mission would be successful. And then he failed five years later. Yeah. <laughs> with Robin. <laughs> um. What is, do you think, the most important, like, top five important things about Batman that people need to know? Like, like you're someone's walking up and they go, I've never heard of Batman before. Yeah. Who is this guy? I've never seen him and Bruce Wayne in the same spot at the same time. I don't understand. <laughs> uh, you need to you have five things to explain what makes Batman Batman. So at the core of his character, mm-hmm. uh, Batman is human. That is one thing that shockingly especially younger people who are not super familiar with the character don't realize about him. They're like, yeah, the thing that I hear from kids a lot is, Oh, Batman can fly. Mm-hmm. Cause they just see a guy in a cape <laughs> he's, and he's they see him moving through the sky <laughs> and they assume Batman can fly. Well, Batman can't fly. He doesn't have powers. He right. has a grappling hook and there's a whole thing. He has training to do this. And that's so much cooler than somebody who just has powers. He actually learned how to do this. So yeah. one of the key defining things of Batman as a character is Batman is human. Mm-hmm. That's important. Okay, number one, human. Uh, another thing that kind of makes Batman Batman is the fact that he... Now, do you want me to go into uh, his personality or the things well, that people look at him as? I think I think they're both parts of who he is. Okay, right? okay. So one of the things that... and And this is a thing that's kind of interpreted differently by different media uh, because the 60s TV show does this very differently than a lot of modern things. That's fair. Batman is often looked at by society as an urban myth. Yeah. And I love that part of the character. Uh, I love the fact that he operates in the shadows Mm -hmm. and whereas Superman stands there with his hands on his hips and is a symbol of hope. Mm hmm. Batman is a symbol, but not in the same way. He's there as like, this guy could be over your shoulder at any point <laughs> watching you do the thing that you're not supposed to do. He's kind of a fear-based yeah, oh, absolutely. character, whereas Superman is an inspirational character. Okay, so we have, he's mythological. Yeah. He's human. He's human. At his core, he's also really troubled. Yeah. He is very, very, very troubled, obviously created by the tragedy in his past. And there's a line from Mask of the Phantasm that I really like where Alfred's talking to Bruce and he says, Vengeance blackens the soul, Bruce. I always feared you would become that which you fought against. You walk the edge of that abyss every night, but you haven't fallen in and I thank heaven for that. And that's that's the difference between him and Owlman. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
And there's a lot of characters who give into that tragedy. And those characters usually either become the Punisher or they become an actual villain. So deeply flawed. Deeply flawed. Human. Which I think kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways that's one of the important things about him. There's also interpretations of Batman that they call the Bat God, where he can just do anything all the time. Yeah. He's prepared for absolutely everything. And that's fun on occasion. Mostly written by Grant Morrison. Yeah. Those kind of stories. Yeah. It's fun on occasion, but I think you also run into the storytelling problems that a lot of people say you have with like Superman because he's so powerful. If you make Batman that like Bat God persona, then yeah. all of a sudden he's not as interesting anymore. Yeah, because he can get out of anything. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one of the things about Batman, too, is that he, in that kind of vein, yeah, he does over-prepare. He is determined and a master of willpower, mm. which is why when he got the Green Lantern ring, it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, he also gave up the fear ring, too, the Sinestro ring. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And then I think he had uh, in, what is it? Blackest Night, he had the the White Lantern ring briefly. I forgot about that. Very briefly. Yeah. And then it passed him over when it saw all the tragedy. <laughs> it's like, nah. It was like, I'm there's too here. much darkness here. I can't, yeah. I can't work with this. Jeez. Um, and then there's kind of like the skill set. You have like the fact that he's an Olympic level athlete. He's a master of a ridiculous amount of martial arts. And the thing that I don't think they focus on enough in the movies mm. he's a master detective so that that's one of my things yeah that is one of my favorite parts of batman yeah. that the tv shows and the cartoons explore much much more than Absolutely. any of the movies for me i some of those are going to overlap sure his mortality is a big driving force of who he is yeah and that's what makes i 100 percent agree that's what makes the stories more exciting more interesting i hate that one of the explanations of why batman can get out of anything which is from a i think it's from when grant morrison was writing is he spends his free time just sitting in the bat cave thinking of ways to get out of every single possible scenario and it's like that's not realistic like the like grant morrison invented the batman of zorana yeah. kind of idea yeah. where he yeah. created an alternate personality should his mental state be attacked he reverts so this is like whoa that's cool and all but slow down <laughs> that's a bit much <laughs> uh there's a reason why whenever i read too much grant morrison in a row i start getting migraines because my brain is just like this isn't understandable Sorry. so it was more his mortality yep uh the fact that he is probably one of the smartest people in the dc universe very true one of the things I really dig about him and is important, I think, is Bruce Wayne is the mask, not Batman. Batman is the persona. Yes, absolutely. A lot of people see Clark Kent and Superman, and they're kind of one in the same. It's just Clark acts a little doofier when he's Clark. Batman's mask is Bruce Wayne, and that's very, very, very important. I think that's something that a lot of movies gloss over, mm-hmm. and I think that's something um, a lot of people just don't even take into consideration. So glad you said that. Yeah. When that line comes up in Batman Begins... Then I found out about your mask. My mask's just a symbol, Rachel. No, this... is your mask. Your real face is the one that criminals now fear. I was so thrilled mm. because mm-hmm. nothing... Even though the movie already was amazing at that point, when Christopher Nolan dropped in that line, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, he actually gets the character as a whole. Yeah. Um, 
the space he takes up in a silhouette. Yeah. It's just amazing. And it, and it's only, I think, and this kind of goes with the whole fear based is he put a lot of thought into that. He's like, all right, I'm this size. If I can just get a little bit bigger and make a very distinct silhouette, that's mm-hmm. going to serve my purpose. Uh, determined as well. Yep. That's, that's a huge thing, especially with the lantern rings. Like you don't just say goodbye to a lantern ring and he did it two and a half times. Let's call it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll count the one where the white, the white lantern ring just bounces kind of like a halvesies, but um, mm-hmm. the green lantern ring, which we know is hard to yield or wield anyways, because we saw a green arrow literally one blast out of a green lantern ring and he was almost destroyed from it. Yeah. And the Sinestro core ring, which I can only imagine is more physically and mentally taxing than something that's actually good in nature. Mm-hmm. And he just said, no, this isn't for me. And it just didn't even question him. It went away. Yeah. One of the things that I love seeing the most that highlights that kind of part yeah. is when you put him into a justice league scenario. Yeah. And he's basically fighting alongside gods Mm -hmm. and he ends up doing something that is a show of pure willpower to where the villain is like wait you're you're not like the rest of them how are you the one able to do this that's that's the big part too is i guess as another big thing is he's constantly getting underestimated by everyone outside of gotham city Mm mm-hmm like, I think everyone inside of Gotham City is is savvy at this point. They kind of know when he shows up, you run away or yep. you just stop and give up. <laughs> Unless you're like the Joker or someone crazy. Then right, you just right. kind of like taunt. Uh, outside of his rogues gallery, people are just like, well, you're just a man. Why should I be concerned about you? Uh, there is, I think this is also Grant Morrison when he was doing Justice League. They, he had a really cool scene um, where he took down Lex Luthor, but he took down Luthor Corp. He just did it through like corporate espionage, essentially. And that was like, I'd never thought about using his money in a way like that, which is very interesting. I mean, his money is always a weapon, but it's usually just to actually create weapons. (laughs) Just to buy stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's uh, something a lot of people use against him, too, is is his money. And his money is a part of his character, but it's not like a top five Mm. part. Like he would still be doing this even if he didn't have the funds to do so. Yeah. Which is, I think, important to know. Let's talk about his code of honor for a minute, sure, and why that's so important. Well, why why do you think his number one rule rule of not killing anyone is so important to the core of Batman? I think it largely stems from the tragedy that he was born out of a murder of people yeah. very close to him. I think that he has the foresight to know that. If he were to cross that line, not only does he no longer get separated from the people he's trying to stop and the things that he's trying to prevent, but he's also potentially taking someone out of the picture who might have kids waiting at home. Hmm. Even if he's putting people in jail or if he's crippling people or whatever extremes he goes to, I think in the back of his mind, he still realizes that everyone around him is human. And he doesn't know the full story. Mm. It's one of the reasons he doesn't just like kill the Joker. Like there's more to the Joker than just this. Like the Joker by most people's rules should just be eliminated. (laughs) That's very true. But Batman does, even though he doesn't express it, I feel like 
he operates with the thought in the back of his mind of I can save everybody Mm -hmm. and I can't save them if I kill them. What I think is very interesting is a lot of people, and I think you you mentioned this on, I don't remember what show I was watching, listening with you on it, but it was one of them with Superman and he's Batman has not killed anyone. Batman has killed or Superman has killed two people. Mm hmm. And I think that's very interesting that Superman, who's typically regarded as the big blue Boy Scout, is the one that crossed that line. Sure. And Batman, who is, you know, DC, the DC universe considered this terrifying individual, has not done that yet. Yeah. Like, think about how many times we've seen Batman in a fight with somebody and they get to a point where they yield. Yep. And Batman will kind of drop his guard a little bit if if he sees an opportunity to help that person and i think that was there a little bit at first Mm -hmm. but i think it got magnified after it happened to harvey dent and now he saw his best friend go down that route and he's always trying to save harvey that's true so why does that not extend to every other rogue yeah and harvey's a very interesting take too because harvey i've always viewed as being half bruce wayne half joker absolutely and that's why the he's like in no man's land. He buddies around with the Joker for, I would say, more than half of that arc. Mm-hmm. It's just him and the Joker running around. Well, let me ask you this. I'm just curious at this sure. point. Do you like remember when Harvey got like fixed, essentially, and became a hero in like the animated series? And well, it was there was actually it was it was in the comics, too. OK, do you prefer that? Do you So do you like that kind of thing where it's like Batman's one, like his friend has been saved or do you kind of like the continuation of he needs to be saved? I do. I mean, I like Two-Face as a character. Yeah. Fair. So to see him get fixed, it's like, oh, we're we losing those stories. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, I want Batman to win the war. <laughs> Obviously, like I wouldn't be I wouldn't be invested in the character and these stories if I didn't want him to succeed. Right. Um I think something that's big that a lot of people I think, well, especially with the whole Zack Snyder run and the whole DC EU debacle, a lot of people are upset about why Batman was using guns in that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure people listening to this know this already, but why is why does Batman not use guns? Because, like the reason he doesn't kill, it all yeah. stems back to that original moment. Yeah. A gun is what is the tool of death that took out his parents. And I loved uh, when, and yes, we've seen guns in like all these movies and some of them use them in ways that are acceptable. And some of them use them in ways that are not like Tim Burton's first Batman movie. The only gun you see that he has are the machine guns on the Batmobile. Yeah. He never fires those at a person. I, I still think that like, I think that's still a little eh. It's like, breaking, I don't love it. It's still breaking the rule, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But I can I can write that off more than, like, okay. he's actually, like, shooting guns at people. <laughs> fair. That's fair. I mean, we've only ever really seen him, at least in my memory, point a gun at someone once. Yeah. And that was in Batman Beyond. And that's, that's actually the moment I was going to reference, too. Like, I love yeah. that they wrote that moment because, because we've said he's such a determined character he would never let his body be the limit. He would beat himself into the ground fighting crime, dying at the scene. Yeah. But this was the only logical thing that he was beaten to the point where 
he picked up a gun and he knew I'm done. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I can't do it. If I need that, then my mission is over because mm-hmm. picking that up means that I'm just as bad as that other person. I love that scene so much too. It's so good. Batman Beyond shockingly did so much right. Well, I mean, I feel like they had a lot of practice too because Terry is essentially Nightwing. He is, yeah. He is, but like just a little bit more of an edge. Yeah. Let's talk about Batman's suit from a a purely visual standpoint. Because we've seen different shapes, different colors. The ears are there. The ears are super long. They're super small. He's got eyebrows. He doesn't have eyebrows. Everything in between, right? For you, what's the perfect Batman suit? So like you kind of alluded to earlier, the most important thing about the suit is the silhouette. Yeah. If you can look at a distance, because sometimes the best Batman shots are usually his silhouette and his mm-hmm. eyes, and that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. So having the cowl that has the ears, having the scalloped cape, that's the very base yeah. of everything else. Um, when it comes to like finer details, I like the ears at a mid-length. Yeah. For the so, most part, so especially more, movie-wise. Well, so let's let's talk animation just for a second. Sure. I think they have the most one of the most diverse ones because mm-hmm. you have I'll put it on a scale from Batman the animated series up to Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. There's a very clear difference in ear yeah, length on yeah. there. Uh is Unlimited too much for you, do you think? Cuz it was for me. It was a little bit much for me. When they get yeah. too long, yeah. But on the flip side, they can be too short. Like I think Jim Lee's art is as short as you can go. I agree. Yeah. And even yeah. that's sometimes a little bit too short for my taste. At that point, you might as well just be Red Robin. Exactly. Shorter than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about in the, the live action formats? Like who has the better cowl? In the live action, it's, it's tricky mm-hmm. because the longer you get the ears, the more ridiculous it looks. And, and also you run in like doorways become a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it looks <laughs> odd when you run around and you have like the wobble. Yeah. Which oh, you yeah. never get in a comic or an animated no. thing. I forgot about the wall. Yeah. I think Michael Keaton had that, didn't he? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think all the, the movies of that era kind of had yeah. a bit of a wobble, especially when they start doing slow motion shots in Batman and Robin. Oh, like no. the slow mo running and you see yeah. the, the wobble going on with the years. But I think I think the uh, the Nolan movies had a very good approach to it and they okay. were solid. They weren't yeah. like rubber. So they yeah. weren't moving anywhere, which was smart. The right. only thing that I didn't love about the the Nolan cowl was yeah. more the neck. I love the fact that he figured out a way to make sense that he would turn his head. Yeah. And that's kind of important. I guess it looks, it looks weird when you do the shoulder thing. Well, yeah, absolutely. That was the big thing with Michael Keaton's Batman that took me out of it. Is he was just like turning this way. Yeah. Turning that way. And he Affleck never, had a like, bit of that, too. A little bit. But I, I actually I prefer there's a lot of things about bat flick that I prefer over a lot of the other ones Same. as well. Like the visually speaking, his costume was straight out of the dark Knight returns. Mm-hmm. Um, the voice was magnificent, mm-hmm. right? It's just unfortunate that like the stories he was in were subpar. Yeah. I thought it was a smart idea to use the vocal changer. Yeah. yeah. But if we've learned anything from Kevin Conroy, yeah it's yeah. that you don't have to and you don't have to go the extremes that bale went to 
I think right. it's smart to have the separation. Right. But it doesn't have to be extreme. Yeah. Like you should go overly light when you're doing Bruce Wayne and then have your normal demeanor be Batman. Yeah. I I think we're living in a very like interesting time for Batman like just to exist in live action mm-hmm. because we have this stereotypical view of millennials and right now technically speaking if we do a Batman origin story Bruce Wayne is a millennial. Mm-hmm. So you could really get like I wouldn't go super crazy like the Chad meme videos that you see but like I would see maybe a much more not aloof but like someone who's a little more, a lot more extravagant and I think it's a lot more believable now versus 10 years ago 15 sure. years ago. Um and that you can play up a lot more and Batman you can play in the opposite direction and I think it would be a lot different they were different enough where people wouldn't kind of realize they're the same person totally yeah but as soon as i heard um the vocal effects they, they did for for bad flick i was like oh i because ne- i never considered that i never considered batman using technology to t- disguise his voice because it's always just been up here mm-hmm. or up here or down yeah. here and that's that what is more important when we're talking about batman as a character and bruce wayne mm-hmm. for an actor to be a better Bruce Wayne or to be a better Batman? Because we've seen kind of the the differences, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Christian Bale, I think, was a fantastic Bruce Wayne, but his Batman was kind of lacking for me versus Batflick was in the opposite direction. I think Michael Keaton had a good middle ground. Mm-hmm. But if you if you had to only choose one for an actor, actor is only good enough to do one of yep. the two. What's more important? Batman. Batman? Batman. Voice and I that. think it goes back to... What you were saying earlier is that yeah. Bruce Wayne is the mask. Yeah. So if you cast a good Batman, that's mm-hmm. the majority of the movie. Even when he's not in costume, he's still Batman. That's except that's for when he's out in public and he's playing Bruce Wayne. But I, I think that's where. So this is a question. I first I, I wrote this down and I was like, it's obviously Batman. But then I really kind of thought about it a mm-hmm. lot more. Because in order to have a Batman movie, you have to have Bruce Wayne scenes. You sure. Just gonna, it's just going to have to happen. So I would say Bruce Wayne, even though he is the per, like that is the persona that is equally as important as the Batman persona, because otherwise you're just going to get Batflick, who's awkwardly hitting on Wonder Woman the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like a little wobbly. I think Christian Bale had a really good approach where he's just drunk all the time, essentially. <laughs> um, so Bale's not, a good example of, yeah. of that kind of idea of what I'm thinking is that when he's doing those like party appearances, yeah, those are the only times he's quote unquote Bruce Wayne. Yeah. When we see him, even just with him and Alfred, mm-hmm. even though if he's not in the costume, he's still Batman. Yeah. He just isn't wearing the suit right now. And he talks to Alfred like Batman. He's not doing the voice. Yeah, he's not doing the Nathan Explosion right. voice that we all but, know. And love. But I think that that's the same thing. Like again, to kind of go back to Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Even when he wasn't in the Batman suit, he was just Bruce Wayne. He would yeah. talk to Alfred in his Batman voice. But then, if he was out and about in public, he had his lighter Bruce Wayne mm. voice. Yeah. And I think that's that's showing a true understanding of the character. Yeah, I agree. And we're not even talking matches matches Malone yet. No, no. <laughs> it's a whole other area. That's a whole other. Imagine if like matches Malone was like his secret, like 
third or second personality. Oh, man. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Why is Batman your favorite character of all time? Because I know he's your favorite character of all time. Yeah. Oh, really? How'd you Every, know everyone knows this, like, <laughs> in the world. Yeah, no, I absolutely love Batman. Uh, yeah. He has been... It, it's ridiculous to say that, like, he's my hero and he's a role model. But he is. Like, yeah. one of the things that I love about him so much is the fact that he is human. I know it's exaggerated. I know the difference between fiction and nonfiction. I'm not completely delusional, (laughs) but he's an ideal to strive for both physically and intellectually. I love, I love the, the willpower that he shows. And I've in my life tried to build up a similar will. I don't always succeed because of course I'm human as well. Because Grant Morrison's not writing your life. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but I I do get a certain gratification out of like testing my willpower and succeeding mm-hmm. and being like, oh, I'm being Batman right now. <laughs> There's yeah. something cool about that. Um, I also, I know, again, Superman is kind of like the inspirational guy and I'm supposed to watch Superman and be like, I have hope. And, and yeah, I do. And I watch Superman for that stuff and I'm a fan of Superman too. Yeah. But I love that Batman has always operated in the shadows and he doesn't need credit for the things that he does. He just does good and goes and hides. Like he doesn't have to glorify his deeds to anybody. He doesn't have to get credit. He doesn't doesn't have to go on Twitter and go, I stopped three muggings tonight. <laughs> like he's just Batman and he just does the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's he doesn't even let people finish their sentences. No. Half the time. He's just gone. Um Gordon? I actually <laughs> what? Gordon. Gordon, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually like Superman a lot for similar reasons it's because essentially what you're talking about is modesty. Yes. At that point. Yeah. And I think Superman also has that, but in a different sense where he lives most of his life as Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. And let's say like if Clark Kent's the full-time job, Superman's like the nighttime job. He's like the, the streaming on Twitch job that yeah. he gets maybe like four hours a day. And if that, but that's what we see mostly in the movies and sure he's getting all this attention over there, but he never tries to have any monetary gain from that. Agreed. Yeah. Well for Superman, it's the flip side of Batman. Superman is Clark Kent. Yep. And the mask is Superman. It's, I I love their dynamics so much. Uh, last bit favorite Batman arc. Okay. So I have a few different things here. Okay. One of them is uh, what we just were talking about, and that yes. is the Batman Superman books. Yes. So I loved when we got some of that in the animated movies. Yeah. Uh, we got like the public enemies line and stuff like that. Granted, they were a little more action packed. I think they lacked the internal monologue of each character. Oh, absolutely. That made yeah. those books so strong. Yeah. Because I one mean. of the best things about those books are not only the interactions between Batman and Superman that illustrate not only how different they are, but also how similar they are at the same time. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the internal monologues of each character as to what they thought about the other one and how much like admiration and respect Absolutely. they had for one another. That's the biggest faults with like, especially me going through and rewatching a lot of these adaptations and mm-hmm. reading alongside of them. The biggest fault that I can say right now is they don't do the inner monologues. Mm-hmm. 
And for a lot of those books, that's crucial. We haven't um, done this yet, but when we talk about Batman Year One, we talk about The Dark Knight Returns, anything Frank Miller, yeah, like written, the flavor is in that internal monologue, and it's not there. And that's where you get, we talked about it under the Red Hood, mm-hmm. even something like that. That's not like, I mean, that's my favorite Batman story, but that's not like a pinnacle of Batman storytelling. Yeah. It's just a great story. But even that is that inner monologue that lets you get inside Batman's head and understand him a little bit more as a character, and it's just non-existent yeah i um i really wish we could see a batman movie where he's kind of the narrator of the story it could totally work and i really really want to see especially if they were to do a detective story oh yeah well then you could really heavily play up the noir aspect yes oh that's exactly what i want so we're getting ahead of ourselves okay but but, Um, uh so we have year one uh is a story i really love yeah hush is a story i really love Oof, so good but whenever people ask me like what's the what's the one that really grabbed you and the one that as a story uh yeah. think shows you a lot about batman as a character i'm constantly going back to the long halloween oh okay i love that book that's a good one um there's a lot of good stuff going on there you have the the falcone maroney feud Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the holiday killer, which is like a new villain that they're doing just for that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get an origin of two face mm-hmm. in that story. And then you have like a little sprinkling of some of the other rogues throughout it too. And it takes place over a long time, which is the one part that worries me about translating it into a movie is the fact that it spans like an entire calendar year. Uh, I think there's also something to be said about planning ahead. Mm-hmm. You can make a Batman movie, but that, that doesn't mean the story has to be completely contained in that one movie. True. And I think that's where DC went wrong, where Marvel went really right. Mm. Sure. Like Iron Man is a self-contained movie and you could jump into Thor. Well, not Thor Ragnarok. It's not a good example. You can jump into something like um, civil war. Mm hmm. And you could understand and follow it. You could even jump into Ant-Man or Ant-Man or Wasp and be able yeah. to follow things. But they're spreading it out over time. So that's not the full story. It's just a chapter. Oh, my God. Give it. me a long Halloween trilogy. please. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I'm going to I think I don't know if how well it would translate even to a three movie deal. But I think Hush would be really, really Hush cool. would be so good just because not only the story. Yeah. But the characters you get to play with. Oh, yeah. Well, also, like, think of it even more so. You don't have to redo Batman's origin because it's built into the mm-hmm. the origin of Hush. So right there. That's very yeah. true. You like we've learned from Spider-Man Homecoming. You don't have to see him bitten by the radioactive spider again. You don't mm-hmm. have to see the Wayne's gunned down again. You know, that's like this is ingrained in our culture. Yeah, I don't point. think you have to do that in a Batman movie anymore. You don't. You can allude to it if you want, mm-hmm. or you can like maybe show little Bruce and little Tommy Elliot as kids like, mm-hmm. and allude to it there, but that's all you need. I think it's a great thing to use to highlight another scene. Yes. Like if there's something in a moment that makes him flash back to that moment, and you're not even like redoing the whole scene. Yeah. You're just making quick flashes to be like, oh, this is reminding him of this thing that happened and 
I love yeah. it when they do stuff like that. You could even have a scene of him by the fireplace, just like brooding mm-hmm. being Batman and Alfred walks in and you just have the giant painting of the Waynes yeah. over the mantle. Yeah. Anything like that. That's great. You could even one of the things, the few things that the DC extended universe did right is just plop us in the middle of Batman's life. Jason Todd's already dead. Yep. Let's move on. Let's let's catch up later with that. Yeah. Those things are, and I think Young Justice actually does this really well. It does actually, yeah. So let's talk about making our own Batman movie. Let's do it. The the reason why we're here now that we've gotten all the the forwards out of the way, the prefaces out of the way. um, What story arc would you make a movie out of? So even with all that said, yes. Are you going to say, say year one? No, no, no. I, we've <laughs> talked about Bruce so much, but if someone said you can make a Batman movie right now, yeah, I would do Batman Beyond. Wow. Okay. It's not um, what I chose Yeah, because I didn't think it was within the scope of the conversation necessarily because yeah. we just defined Bruce for a half hour. And then but, if I'm like throwing that out the window. I, you, you're not though. Because I would say Batman Beyond is much a continuation of Bruce's journey it is being a hero as it is terry's um introduction it is and i'm not the first one to say this but if you gave me a batman beyond movie yeah where you brought back michael keaton as bruce wayne for older bruce for this you could you could even have kevin conroy though play live action bruce wayne oh my god you could well so let let me give you the real (laughs) sophie's choice of the night Now that we're here, yeah, you have to choose. It's your movie. Yeah. You can have Michael Keaton, and you can get all of that history. You mm-hmm. can even play with the Tim Burton stuff if you mm-hmm. wanted to. Or you could have Kevin Conroy. I think for a live-action cinematic movie, you have to bring Keaton in. Yeah, I agree. It's tough. It's very tough, because I love, I love Kevin. It, literally, everyone does. Yeah. and that, I, like, I think I said that with a little bit of a turn in my voice but like it's true and i've met the man four times i know you have (laughs) he is batman and you can get like the the conversation is not who is the best batman voice but it's and i did a poll on this on twitter besides kevin conroy Mm -hmm. who is the best batman voice He's unavailable. Who do you get? And that's where the really conversation comes in. But yeah, Michael Keaton, I agree, because you're going to get a lot. You're going to get all that stuff to play with from Tim Burton and beyond. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Unintended. Um, You're going to get a fantastic performance out of Michael Keaton, Mm -hmm. who I don't think I've ever seen a movie with him really phoning it in. Granted, I have not seen the movie where he turned into a snowman. Nor have I. (laughs) The things that I have seen him in, he's done a phenomenal job and he can... um, just as easily give you a warm smile as mm-hmm. the cold shoulder and be threatening in a small vehicle with you with just words. Yeah. And I think that's super important. He also had, does have some comedic timing. So if he needs it, he can. And an Batman, older Bruce is funnier than a younger Bruce. He absolutely is. And I can also see him petting a dog really well too. Yeah. Can't forget about <laughs> and then I'd get like a, a Logan Lerman or a Dylan O'Brien to play terry but that's that's not the movie i chose that's not the movie you chose <laughs> so i didn't do all the other work for that movie that's fine that's just the other thing that i think about every minute of every day i mean i think a lot of people do yeah yeah i okay. want a batman beyond movie so bad but anyway yeah. anyways the art i did end up choosing long halloween okay even if yeah. i feel like it would be difficult to adapt um you made it a little easier by saying i don't have to stay in one movie <laughs> no you don't yeah 
I think that's the mistake. I think it's legitimately the mistake DC is making where like Wonder Woman is great. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. Shazam is great, but it's also building into the universe and it's going to expand more. Mm. They rushed it a little bit in my opinion, but that's neither here nor there. Mm. Superman didn't have a planet erection, especially since it was supposed to incorporate into the, the Nolan movies and it just didn't. Yeah. So that kind of left them high and dry. But I think if you plan and you do your homework and you like just take your time, you're going to get a better result. So that's why I, I would feel like I'm, I'm limiting too much to like say you're in one movie and 90 minutes to three hours max. That's and yet I right. feel long Halloween, even though I would love to see a trilogy of it, I feel like you do have to do it in one movie because it is a murder mystery. And by the end of the movie, yeah, they should be like granted the, Hey, here's who done it. Well, you could still have that without Batman figuring it out too. Like you, you can cheat and let the audience see it first. And that true. could be a cliffhanger. True. But then it would be more of like a duology than a trilogy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Long Halloween. So here's the here's the tough part. Sure. If you're adapting it, let's say, by our conversation, two movies max, mm-hmm. you're going to have to cut out a lot of stuff. Absolutely, yeah. What, what do you get rid of? What do you keep? So there there is some extraneous stuff in there. Um, there are some characters that I completely eliminate. Like there's there's like a whole thing where... Two Face is escaping and he runs into Solomon Grundy and like we don't need all that. Like Grundy's yeah. gone. There are yeah. certain characters that I've just totally cut. Um okay. but the things that I do keep absolutely are the the fact that we're chasing the holiday killer. Mm-hmm. We have this murder mystery where the holiday killer is taking people out on holidays throughout the year. So now we're going throughout and every time there's a holiday somebody dies and a lot of the times it's linked to the mob in that case. So yeah. that's all there. Uh I think the arc really works because it gives me the thing that I want to see mm-hmm. Batman as a detective. Mm-hmm. So we get a noir movie. The things that I liked about the animated series so much were that especially the earlier episodes before they went to season 4 and kind of changed the style of everything. Granted, yeah. I love season 4 and I actually prefer yeah. that art style. The things I liked about the earlier episodes were half the time the enemy, the villain, was just the mob. And the yeah. the supervillains were like flavor. They were like extra sprinkling. I think as a kid, that's what you want to see. But as an adult, you it's not as important. It's more about the characters themselves. And the mob itself, you talk about the Falcones and the uh, the Maroonies. Maroonies? Maroonies, yeah. Maroonies. I always forget them. The Falcones. <laughs> I like the Falcones a lot. Oh, but God, like yeah. that's... that adds to like the city like mr freeze doesn't necessarily add to the city right he's a really cool character with like a really um just like sad story but he's like he doesn't add anything to gotham the mob like ran gotham and to a degree still does Mm -hmm. and i think that's batman's real enemy like the joker i mean depending what you read (laughs) didn't kill the waynes right right Right. And I hated it whenever they said he did. Yeah. That was the worst. Yeah. Although I did like, I think it was in the Batman Superman run. They said it was, um, Metallo before he was Metallo. Really? Yeah. He was like a low level thug and he just was there. See, I don't, I never like when they even identify the killer as somebody because it's, it, the, the fact that he's faceless. Yeah. Means that Batman's constantly fighting that invisible enemy. That's true. Who do you cast? So let's talk about the the main characters yeah. first that are in here, and let's talk about who you cast as them. 
I'll, I'll go from like lesser characters to bigger ones too. Okay. We'll, we'll okay. do the Batman at the end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cause that's the big one. Yes. So I kept, obviously you have to keep the holiday killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not cast this for anyone who has not read this arc. Cause I don't want to ruin it. And yeah. honestly, it doesn't matter who you cast. Yeah. Cause true. they're really in it for this movie. And then like, you never yeah. need them again. That's true. Uh, you got Joker. Yep. He's not a huge part of the story, but he's a fun part of the story, and I think it'd be fun to keep him. And again, you don't need to explain who the Joker is. Like that's another error that I think it doesn't have to focus on this villain and have them be a major part of the story. Like Joker's an agent of chaos. Have him show up, have him wreak havoc, and have him get thrown in jail. Like that's, that's all you have to do with him. And like you like have to have someone with like the laugh, and that's it. Like you, yeah, I don't. You don't need to know that at least not at this point that he's one of Batman's big failures. Yeah. Like it's not necessary, but yeah, like you throw him in there. Everyone knows everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. You move on. Yeah. Okay. So you got so Joker. Joker, you got uh Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. She's a big part of the story. So you got to keep her in there. Harvey Dent two face, obviously, because his origin is a p- big part of this as well. Uh, Jim Gordon, of course. And, yeah. and it's prior to commissioner. I hate that. I do too, but I know, <laughs> like, I know. Maybe I hate it like when I'm someone's s- telling Jim what to do. <laughs> I think yeah. is what it is. <laughs> uh and then of course there's batman as well so uh for joker i'm gonna throw down david tennant i like that i really like that he's got the build mm-hmm. he's definitely got the creep factor we saw it in jessica jones mm-hmm. he definitely has the laugh absolutely i don't know how many people have considered him before but because I, I, I cross-checked a lot of these yeah. to just be like, I wonder what other people say about some of these castings. And I haven't bumped into Tenon, and I think he's perfect. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I just finished listening to those last episodes of his podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 100%. I'm not even going to fight that. All right. I'm just, so I'm, 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 I'm typing this down as we go. And I might fight you on something. <laughs> but like David Tennant, you, like you can't. Like he's going to bring his own flavor to the role. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like there's a lot of other great casting choices with the Joker. Oh, sure. But he's like, just the one I want to say. I would be afraid that maybe other actors might try to like step on Heath Ledger's toes a little too much mm-hmm. or like ride on his coattails a little too much. And that just I just would rather move on. Like that was a fantastic yeah. like, character. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't quite the Joker, but it was still great. Just move on. David. Wow. Perfect. Well, who would be your runner-up then? Because that's uh, right now. I, I actually I really like the casting of Joaquin. I just don't love the fact that he's in that movie. Yeah, like I want to see him integrated into the larger universe instead of in a one-off. What appears yeah. to be a one-off. Okay, but I really like that casting. Yeah, I actually I think um, he he would never, ever, 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 ever do it. But I actually think Tom Cruise would be a really good Joker. Really? He has has the smile. That's true. Like, think of the meme when he's on Oprah and he's crazy and out of his mind and jumping Mm. on couches. Like, just literally paint him pale white and give him green hair. I would love to see it. It'd be very interesting. I think he could put he wouldn't do it because he's too obsessed with being the hero. Yeah, like he would. I don't I don't think I've ever seen him be a villain. That I can think of. I don't think so. He's always been the hero. I would love to see his take, though. I'm yeah. I'm far too curious. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Okay. So David Tennant, Joker, nailed. We. we I, I've contacted his agents. He's agreed. <laughs> All right. Great. All right. Uh, Selena Kyle, Catwoman. Yeah. Ooh, this is. This one's tough for me. Natalie Dormer. 
Really? See, I would go with um, Adrian Palicki. Oh, I can totally see that too. Yeah. And that's not just because I'm, I'm watching Orville. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can 100% see that. Yeah, because yeah, she's got the physicality. Yep. For sure. She's, uh, she's got the look. Yep. And I like, I like casting a Catwoman that's slightly exotic looking. Yes, she has to be. To, to me, she, you have to have the cat eyes. Yes. Yeah. That's like, that's crucial. Yeah. Like you can't have like Natalie Portman doing it. Like it, that doesn't fit for me. It Very has to true. be yeah. like tall, kind of slender, definitely like be able to do some of her own stunts, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, and someone who's, I would say probably down for m- more movies. Mm. I think it's also important. And she's a great actress too. She is absolutely. Yeah. Um, Dormer, I've seen play both hero and villain, mm-hmm. uh, and I think she can switch back and forth between them. And she's got a nice, like, mysterious quality about her. And she I does. think, I think, with a character that's playing Selena, you have to have someone that can portray that they're withholding mm-hmm. just a little bit all yeah. the time. And I just get that from her. We're gonna put them both for that. Maybe you can convince me otherwise. Okay. <laughs> but I really like mine. <laughs> you can cast your movie separate. You don't have to that's, have the same ones as me. That's fine. That's fair. Well, here's the thing, too, is you can cast based on story arc. Yeah. Because the person I might cast for Catwoman yeah. works for the version of Catwoman that's in Long Halloween. But if fair. you give me another story, it might not right. be the same person. But I think that's like... I don't know. I think I'm thinking too much like universe because that's like I love extended universes and whatever movie Batman movie I end up making is going to take place in a larger universe. Because I think that is as a comic as a fan of the comics. That's one of the reasons why I like the comics so much Mm. is because it's all like interwoven and it's also like a trip down memory lane. When I reread Under the Red or Under the Hood for the first time in maybe five or six years, Mm -hmm. I forgot about a lot of that connectivity and it's like jogs your memory. It's like, oh yeah, this character isn't even in the new 52 anymore. Like I forgot about her. Like, oh yeah, this is, this is what like led to the Red Hood coming back. This remember Superboy Prime, like, and although he's not a great character. Yeah. It still like brings you back versus the standalone stuff, which is just like, okay, yeah, I remember when I first read this, but it doesn't like extend. It doesn't. Yeah, I know what you mean. And granted, I'm I'm saying that, but and yet I was still thinking larger scale. Yeah. For all these characters anyway. But sweet. uh, Harvey Dent Two-Face, I think kind of in line with what you said earlier, he's kind of part Bruce and Mm -hmm. part Joker. Mm -hmm. I cast somebody who people want to see as Batman. Okay. John Hamm. Ooh. I really like that. He's a little older yeah. than, than this story would take place. Yeah. But there's no rule saying that Bruce and Harvey have to be like super close in age. I, I think that if you make him too old, though, you start messing with the dynamic a little more where now he's the new father figure. Agreed. Which can be dicey. It can be for sure. But like I don't I, I don't hate that idea, but I think it definitely changed. I can see some people getting upset about that. Plus, I don't feel like Ham looks his age either. <laughs> no, he absolutely does not. Yeah. No. So I don't know if it even be that much of a jump from the person that I did cast as yeah. Batman. And like he's got like if you just put like you cut Don Draper in half and or burn his half of his side and get right? two face essentially. <laughs> yeah. Basically. 
Uh, Jim Gordon. Yep. Brian Cranston. He did do the voice of. He sure did in year one. Year one. Yeah. I was like, why does that? Yep. It's one of the reasons, but not the only reason. Because I also I cast. I know it's crazy these days, Mm -hmm. but I also cast for the visual. Yeah. I cast people who I think would look like the part because that's the comic I read. So that's what I want to see. So I, I, I think throw a mustache on him and you got yourself a good Jim Gordon right there. So that leaves us with the big one. The big. Well, is you're not going to cast Alfred? I wasn't going to. Why not? I don't know. I just didn't really think about it. I think Alfred is a like we obviously know he's a big part of like the, of Batman and Bruce yeah. as a character. Yeah. I have yet to be happy with a live action um alfred really i like there's some parts that i like but i'm like that's just not alfred see the only one i didn't like so far was batman v superman yeah i didn't love that he's a little too like i don't know villain-esque i think for me but like for me alfred is like snarky but not Michael Caine snarky. He's just, he's prim and proper and he's very dry with it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas every Alfred thus far has been very obvious with their jokes. Okay. In that case, give me a Colin Firth. Ooh, that's an off the top of the head casting right there. That's really good casting. That's perfect. You want snark. There you go. Okay. Now the big one. So, all right. Obviously this, this isn't like a fun casting. Yeah, but give me somebody I don't know yet. That's I mean, I do have I'll give you names. I'll give, give me you some names. names. I have names, but my preference yeah. would be pull up somebody I've never heard of because I want to see Batman. I don't want to be distracted by a name. All but right. if you got to cast somebody like I think that's a mistake that Hollywood makes a lot too. like we're going to a Batman movie. You don't have to give me a name in a Batman movie, especially these days. Yeah. It's superhero central right now. There is something to be said about casting someone who's relatively unknown to completely unknown. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think you also, you have to have the right director if you're doing that. Oh, totally. As well. Because like we've kind of seen what happened with Zack Snyder and Man of Steel. Mm -hmm. Like Henry Cavill was a much better Superman in Mission Impossible Fallout than he was in Man of Steel. Totally. I completely put that on the director. Yeah. And also Henry Cavill being not quite as well known. Like I think he was in like one major show at that point that I can that I well give of. me someone who's good like yeah they don't have to have a ton of movie experience yeah. but you can there are a lot of good actors out there who nobody knows that's fair cool but if so, you want a name I can oh, give you give a, me name. a name give me a name okay me. so I have I do have some runner ups too because yeah. I thought that was good as well yes but and this God this was so hard it's so hard um, I tossed around a lot of things so one of the things that. I eliminated people for right away as they were too bright. Like one of my runner ups looks the part really well, Mm -hmm. but I've never seen him get super dark. Um, And that runner up is Matt Bomer. Okay. He's a, he, I think he would be a better Clark than he would a Bruce. I think I a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think he'd be a great Clark. Actually, he has been getting dark in doom patrol, but not like, okay. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. So, Please watch that yeah. immediately. It's it's so it's off the walls crazy. It's it's up my alley 100. percent But he <laughs> like he's very tortured. Like okay. he's, his character um is from the 50s, I think, or 60s, mm-hmm. and he's closeted and he uh. sneaks around. Like he has a family, he's got a wife and kids, the whole thing. Oh wow! He, he's an accomplished pilot, but he has to sneak around and live this double life. And it just now that we're in present time, it just to this day tears him apart. Wow. 
So that like he got pretty dark on there, but it also has goofy moments. But yeah, like, yeah. physically, I agree. He absolutely looks the part of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So he was a runner up. Yeah. Um, another runner up who I eliminated, I think a little more because of his age than anything mm-hmm. is Wes Bentley. Okay. He has the dark and mysterious look. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He definitely has an edge to him. You could actually put him in and then have John Hamm as Two-Face and it you kind could. of evens out. A you lot, could a little bit yeah yeah i mean the long halloween is generally framed in a younger bruce but it doesn't have to it doesn't be ha- yeah it doesn't, it doesn't change be. anything in the story if you right and we could even make jim a commissioner at this point too. <laughs> everyone wins yeah everyone wins <laughs> um so west benley was another runner-up and i'd still love to see that yeah but i ultimately landed on someone who i think has the ability to go both ways with it looks the part mm-hmm. um and I think is just an incredible actor. Mm. Uh, ben Barnes. Oh, yeah. Who played, for people who don't know that name, yeah. played the Jigsaw, uh, or not the Jigsaw, played Jigsaw in uh, the Punisher series. Yeah. He was really good. Mm-hmm. He's a little too pretty at the end of it, but still. Yeah. 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 He, did, he wasn't as messed up as he yeah. should have been. Yeah. But man, does he have that darkness inside of him that. Yeah. I think, and I think he could do, because we saw him earlier in the series kind of playing the role of like a socialite, kind of mm-hmm. like pretty boy. Like he was playing Bruce Wayne, not obviously Bruce Wayne, right, think, right, but, right. but I think he's already shown that dichotomy a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to just transplant him over and make that a hero dichotomy. Um, my movie is um so it's a little more i guess it's kind of been done but i would like it to be done properly i'm talking about no man's land Mm. because nolan touched upon it but he did it in like half of movie he did it in his most disappointing movie yes so i would like to see it done (laughs) better Um, as well for me i'm not going to talk about every character that's in there there's a lot like there's (laughs) too many and you know i would like to go to bed at some point today now, uh, can I ask you this? Yeah. Do you see No Man's Land as a standalone or do no. you see it at like the tail end of a bunch of other movies? Because I feel like you can't do that right away. You're right. You're right. I mean, I wouldn't start with it. I would. Because you got to make us care sure. about the city before you tear it down. That's very true. And, the, the, and No Man's Land in and of itself would be a three movie deal mm. because like there's too much going on. There's like oh, I yeah, remember it's a huge arc. It's a huge arc. There's so many little details. There's so many things about characters that you never thought you would think about or understand or even like. Mm-hmm. Like that was when I first got my appreciation for Gobblepot, the penguin, about how he's not just like Danny DeVito with an umbrella. Yeah. That he is actually like really smart and very savvy and he's really is a people person. Mm-hmm. And he knows how to get his way. And he actually, for the Batman's rogues gallery, he's the least violent out of all of them. Very true. He's the most sneaky as well. Um, That's when I first got my appreciation for him because he had a whole underground network of just like importing and exporting essentially. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. He's, he's like the, he's like an exaggerated mobster, a really, really smart one. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll go through. So I'll, I'm, I've done the Joker, Mm -hmm. which I'm just going to say is David Tennant right now because I'm, I just love that. Who did you have? Um, originally I had who I had, um, 
mentioned before. Gee, okay. Where are my notes? I can't remember. But yeah, it was there. But no, that's a race for my memory. Okay. It's David Tennant now. <laughs> that's not a thing. David Tennant's on for all these pictures. Um, Catwoman is going to be Adrienne Palicki just for, mm-hmm. she's awesome. Um, Two-Face was actually something that I really kind of thought quite a bit about. Mm-hmm. And for me, it came down to obviously the physicality, but also came down to an age matching somewhat with Batman. Okay. Um, and someone who can play the good guy as well as the villain. Mm-hmm. And I landed on David Boreanaz. Ooh. I think he's super underrated. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, we could have a lot of cool, like if you want to build out the universe flashback scenes where he's a really nice guy and a very genuine guy like Bones. He's kind of a goofball in there, but he's mm-hmm. very solid. You have an angel. He played literally both sides of Two-Face. He played like the calm, maybe kind of a little more the brooding side. And you oh, yeah, I've seen all of Angel, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, <laughs> so good. And then, you know, when he turns into Angelus, he gets all crazy and nuts, yeah. and that's wonderful. Jim Gordon, I agree, Brian Cranston, because of year one. Perfect. <laughs> Although, like, with my other castings, he might be a little on the younger side, I would think, but I'm going to keep him. Alfred is Timothy Dalton. That's interesting. Proper British. I like him as an actor but he's i feel like except for doom patrol he's only ever really played a villain and yeah I think, that's and, my and bond he was also a bond that's true which is an important part of alfred's past as being like <laughs> not bond but like taking, imagine alfred's the first james bond oh my god <laughs> no but like being a part of like you know the british militia yeah 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 that stuff. yeah yeah i can see that okay yeah. nightwing um is jared padalecki He's kind of on the bigger side, uh-huh. but he has the hair. <laughs> but he has the hair. He has the hair. That's uh-huh. not what's important, but he has the hair already. And he also kind of has that, like, he can have that naivete and like he might not be as quick-witted, maybe. I like but... it. Can I throw a counter? Yeah, please. <laughs> this is, this is, oh, God. Are you going to say Jensen this, Ackles? I swear to no, God. No, 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 no. Okay. This is coincidentally funny for another reason, though, because okay. the first thing that came to mind for me. Yeah was milo ventimiglia oh geez i think he's just too old though they're pretty dang close are they though i feel like he's so much older maybe it's because i'm watching this is us and he's playing like everyone's dad they played they played uh rival boyfriends of rory gilmore they were like the same age almost i know but i feels i don't know why jared feels so much younger than milo also i can never say his last name ventimiglia that's the running joke on not only the other podcast that I do, but here <laughs> at home, when I go Milo Ventimigliano. Oh, yeah. And then in my mind, I was like, that's not, that's not right. I, mean, I just like him, but he, yeah. the, like when you said the hair, that was the first thing that popped yeah. into my brain. Like if you just like literally throw Nightwing's outfit on Jared Padalecki, it's just like right out of the comic. Yeah. If you want to go for more personality, I, would, I haven't seen him do any live action acting, but like I think Josh Keaton if he like got into shape a little bit would be a really good job because he's a great Spider-Man voice and he has the wit, he has the comedic timing, everything like that. Josh is great. Yeah. So that might be a good, I support that. Yeah. Yeah. I already said Alfred. Uh, uh, If you want to do, this would be Tim Drake Robin Mm -hmm. because he's a lot younger at this point. Mm. Um, This would be Jaden Martell from it. Chapter one. I don't know. Oh yeah. You don't watch at least what else season. Cause like this is like, I could have said Finn Wolfhart and just cheated, but no, I went for the other guy in the movie that he's also in with. Um, 
He's in some movies like St. Vincent. It chapter two. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he's not, I, he's not in a lot, but not he's familiar. so he's like the main character. In, okay. And he's the one that um, whose brother dies because he was it was on his watch. So he the whole time movie, he has this kind of like a little bit of guilt going on mm. about him, which I kind of really appreciated. And physically, he, he's like very skinny and like, again, he has the hair. Big part of being Robin is having the hair, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have a cowl most of the time. And I can see him growing into the role pretty well. I'll go with it. Yeah, I got <laughs> I got nothing to object to. It. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like, the, I think the tough thing with kid casting in these movies is it's very hard to just not say one of the Stranger Things kids. Yeah, because <laughs> that's just always kind of the cop out. I feel it's true. Um, you will have Poison Ivy. And Poison Ivy is kind of tough. I mean, it's going to be really hard to top Uma Thurman. But I, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It's like, maybe that's why I don't like Uma Thurman. Yeah. As, like, largely as a whole, I don't enjoy Uma Thurman as an actress. Uh, and yeah. maybe it all stems stems from that. <laughs> I mean, like, she's not my favorite, but there are, like, some roles I like her in, like, Pulp Fiction. I really like her, and I can't I hate her anyone else. But, like, I don't like Kill Bill at all. Yeah. Mm. So I can't really do that. Um, oddly enough, even though I threw shade at her earlier, I'm going to say uh, I think Natalie Portman would be a pretty good uh, Poison Ivy. Sure, she's not a redhead. Mm-hmm. But well, yeah, you can dye important. your hair. You can do that. I think she kind of has the, if like, the ability to manipulate someone enough mm-hmm. and act that. And I think that's a very important for poison ivy because sure she can like make people do what she wants by like injecting them with toxins and things, but she mm-hmm. has to get close enough. See, she comes off a little too sweet for me for you think poison so? ivy. Yeah, I always get like a niceness about her that I've never seen her really get rid of, and I've seen a lot of her stuff. Fair, that's fair. I'm trying um, to think of who I would though. Oh, I'm going to jump into Seth MacFarlane's pool again a little bit more and say Mila Kunis. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. She's got like the exotic kind of look, like yeah. an exotic flower. She's definitely can play either end of the spectrum in terms of if you want her to be a good guy or a villain, because sometimes Poison Ivy's on either side of the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, and the eyes. A big part is going to be the eyes, because she's going to be green most of the time anyways. Hell, you could throw Natalie Dormer in that role, too. Oh, She might like even work even better, better in that role than as Catwoman. I like that even better. Yeah. You're better at this than I am. Jeez, I like this. All right. Yeah, I mean, I should throw in the ventriloquist, considering that like he was the reason why it kind of happened. It all happened. I think you can you can no, have fun really. with that casting. You like really the first could. thing that popped in my brain was Patton Oswalt. See, I would like him as um Penguin. I can see that too. Not only because he did it in in the funnier die right, right. stuff, but like I legitimately think he would be fantastic in that. I agree. Um you have so for me it's important because there's more than one dummy that he has mm. because you're used to Scarface mm-hmm. that's what we're used to but he used a completely different like identity for almost True. different puppet so I think being able to kind of get that going is important while also looking really pathetic like as a person yeah yeah um, and for that there's a couple different routes you can kind of go I. I think Jim Carrey might be kind of the way to go with that one. Just because the, the voices to... are a big, big thing. Yeah, yeah. And because he's so good at satirical work, mm-hmm. that you just tell him, act like a pathetic schlub, and he will 
he'll nail it. That's 100%. true. What about like a Jim Gaffigan? I can only see him as being funny, though. I know. And Jim Gaffigan, like physically. Yeah, physically, like that's that's perfect. what comes to mind. But I, I wonder. The, the reason that I would be okay with like a comedian is like the same reason that I said Patton Oswalt right yeah. out of the gate is because oftentimes... And Jim Carrey, again, would be like the same idea. Yeah. Oftentimes, comedians end up making the darkest mm-hmm. acting choices. So I don't know. I like I don't know if that would be good until I saw him try it. But I'd love I, to see the attempt. I wish Danny DeVito was a little more of a serious, a serious actor. A little bit. It's a tad because he would also be very good physically speaking. Mm. Um, the big one is going to be Batman. Mm hmm. Now, for this, this might be influenced by movies I've been watching lately. Okay. But, and you will probably not be surprised to hear that my, when I think about it, Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves yeah. makes a big impression on me. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. Uh, mostly, like, if you watch it, if you, have you seen any of the John Wicks yet? Oh, yeah. Like, did you see the third one yet? Not yet, but I saw the first two. He Batmans, like, so much in that. Yeah. Like so much. I don't want to like, I'm, I'll tell you one scene, one little. He'll have to thing. not use the guns. <laughs> That's All a that very gun fair prowess point. he has is just gone. Well, in the second one, he, I mean, he has to stop killing people too, but he did kill a, three people with a pencil. <laughs> so, you know, he's, there's two big things wrong with this is he kills a lot. I mean, he's, he's an actor. Guns. He can do what he needs to do. As an actor, I think he can play both Bruce Wayne and Batman. I agree with that for sure. And he, he has the look. He has... He definitely has the voice, I think, uh, for both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Um, my runner-up, if Keanu Reeves is just busy making John Wick 4, is actually someone that was considered, or actually was casted at one point, but this movie was never made. Army Hammer. Army Hammer. I think he's fantastic. Um, it is going to kind of put a little bit of that same younger to older Two-Face and Bruce Wayne dynamic, mm-hmm. but I think he has the look. He definitely has the voice. Yep. I wish he didn't have such a doofy name, but what are you going to do? <laughs> Sorry, um, he doesn't need to use that in the movie. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I watched The Lone Ranger like years ago just because it was on. And I was like, mm-hmm. whatever. And he was actually very entertaining and very good in that. And uh, in Social Network, he was amazing. Social Network, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. Like, and I've seen him chance. in a bunch of parts since. I can't like think of the movie specifically, but yeah. he's a great actor. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think what they're going to have to nail, especially with No Man's Land, which mm-hmm. is why I was leaning more towards an older Bruce Wayne, is the fact that he's beaten and he's mm-hmm. like emotional. And I think that Keanu Reeves plays the crap out of emotional. And it's like a subtle emotional. It's yeah, not yeah. like, like, sure, he cries in John Wick because like who wouldn't in that scenario? But he has this very like stoic quality to him, but he can also like charm the crap out of a room in no time at all. And that's also where a lot of, like I was talking earlier about like Bruce Wayne's a millennial kind of deal. Like mm-hmm. get that, like what people like, Oh, typical millennial. Like he can just act the crap out of that. Like he yeah. puts on his Ted persona, dial it down a little bit, <laughs> but like that kind of like shenanigans. I mean, Keanu naturally yeah. If you see him in like interviews and stuff, has a bit of a Bruce Wayne quality to him. He does. He's yeah. a little more soft spoken. Yeah. But if he turned that up a little bit, I can totally see that. And like also, I don't know why I'm, I'm so obsessed with hair tonight, but again, like he traditionally has longer hair. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that would work for a Bruce Wayne like in this day and age as well. Cause mm-hmm. we usually see Bruce Wayne with shorter hair. Yeah. Usually. And I don't think that necessarily needs to be the case. No, no. I mean, I wouldn't give him like a long man bun or anything like that. Well, no, I mean, you gotta, like, you know, (laughs) you gotta have something that's gonna fit inside the car. Right, exactly. But like, you know, like Keanu is a manageable one. Yeah. Um, what, what does your suit look like? So, okay. So let's talk color scheme first. Yeah, yeah. I like only two different ways of going with this suit. One, all black. Yeah. Or, black and dark gray <laughs> similar to the tones used in the the batfleck costume yeah. uh i don't love everything about the batfleck costume there's a lot of stuff i do like mm-hmm. uh give him his trunks back if you're going to do the black and gray Absolutely, 100%. i, I want to see black and gray but i want the trunks back yeah you, can, you uh, can't have a superhero without the trunks i'm sorry no you can't it just looks silly yeah there's nothing to like there's a reason they're on there and it's just not a callback to strong men Right. It's like it visually breaks up the negative. Space yes. Around 100%. the groin area specifically. Yep. But yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, give me a an emblem that's not as large as that. So I, yeah. I, I really like the Batflex suit. The, the adjustments that I would make are like throw the trunks on it. Yeah. Give me like the the logo, the, the oval list, like hush logo. Oh, yeah. 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 I yep. love that logo. Yeah. Uh, and then give me slightly longer ears. Okay. I dig that. Uh, I'm fairly similar for me. It's going to be the, the black and gray. Mm -hmm. It is going to be like, if it was, if it had to be blue, I'd be okay with it too. Like the hush, the hush costume, the hush blue doesn't bother me. The, I think it would in live action. It It would bother me in live action, but like in general, it doesn't. Yeah. Like the older, like death in the family blue absolutely bothers me. Like I can't, look at that and yeah that's like a serious too bright um the smaller logo for sure the circle i go back and forth on because of a line i think it was in no man's land i don't remember where it was i don't want to say the fact that it attracts it attracts that's where they shoot that's where he's armored and i like that aspect of it it shows more thought to it but like visually speaking it's like it's a target i know it's the point but it's also it looks weird that's also a retconned point like (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's fair that's very fair. Um, I would do the same size ears. I'm fine with that. I would do lenses for eyes. Totally. Yes, I, please. I hate when they don't do that. It's like, come on, we can do this. We have, we live in a world now where Spider-Man's eyes move based on his reaction. To yes. Things. Oh my God, please give me lens eyes. That would be wonderful. And they teased us with it in the, in the Nolan stuff. Mm-hmm. And they never just delivered. There's like one part. Anyways, um, and I would get rid of the texture. I don't like that grit I don't texture either. where it looks like if I ran my like hand across it. Like if he saved me and I accidentally brushed my knuckles against it, my knuckles would get scuffed up. Yeah. And I don't like that. I'm uh, always torn between the like I like the practicality of Nolan's suit yeah. and the fact that he's armored and stuff. But I don't like it from the sense of I'd rather have Batman wear as light stuff as possible yeah so that he can continue to be the martial artist and have skill be the advantage over armor well the big thing with armor too is for me ideology speaking from just like that standpoint it goes against what he's trying to do he's trying mm-hmm. to be a myth he's trying to be something more than a man right if someone rolls up to you armored and you shoot him and he doesn't go down that ruins the illusion of oh this is a monster right so i think like i don't know get some like comic book logic like 
James Bond. Oh, this looks like cotton, but really it's or not cotton, but you know, <laughs> this looks like normal fabric, but really it's like bulletproof, like or, titanium thread or yeah, something, something crazy. stupid like that. Then just we'll believe it. I mean, mm-hmm. we're already believing everything that's going on so far. Um, he's saying roll up with blank man material. I know this. Well, I know this is going to be cheating, backtracking a little bit, but also Idris Elba. I think he would be a great Bruce Wayne Batman. Uh, I agree. I'm going to go with something controversial here that people are going to yell at me for, but yeah. I have defense for it. Yeah. Uh, you can't have a non-white man play Batman. Because it ruins the costume aesthetic. No. Really? There's actually a story reason. And this was... Are you familiar with Mark Bernardin? No. Uh, Mark Bernardin is the current co-host on Fat Man Beyond with Kevin Smith. Okay. He wrote an article about why Batman has to be white, and he's a black man writing this article interesting because for batman uh one of the things that is part of his character is the money and the fact that he comes from old money oh so as soon as you say he comes from a family line yeah of old money yeah as soon as he's non-white yeah you've broken it historically that's the only reason because there's also something we didn't even touch upon. There's something, there's more to Bruce than just being Bruce and Batman. There's also mm-hmm. his lineage. Exactly. Which is a big part of that. Okay. You've convinced me. So for that reason alone, otherwise I'd be like, yeah, yeah Giselle is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. If you make a Hush movie, Idris Elba as Tommy Elliott. Yes, please. Although that would ruin the whole thing when he gets plastic surgery to look like Bruce Wayne. Oh, We'll Idris Elba as Two Face. No. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Idris Elba in this movie somewhere. Period. Thank but you. But from a personality standpoint, yeah. God, I'd love to see him play Hush. Yeah, that'd be really. Can you need the voice to imagine? The oh. Voice oh, that'd be so good. Um, what toys do you feature? Mm. Well, hold on. Let me rephrase this then. When yeah. I say toys, I don't mean like actual Mattel toys. I mean the toys that he uses. Oh, gadgets! Wonderful toys that gotcha. Jack refers to. We get to lean on the stuff that we don't normally see then. I mean, obviously, you get the batarangs, batarangs. and the grapple guns and all yeah. that stuff. I mean, That's the goodness. Yeah. But I think we get to play around with the forensics in this one, mm. which is something he doesn't. And it's not necessarily going into gadget gadgets. Yeah. But I, I love uh, I love when he gets to be a detective. So he gets to use all his sciencey stuff mm. that he doesn't often pull out. Like, I want to see him pulling test tubes out of his utility yeah. belt and stuff like that. Like that stuff's great to me. And just the fact that it usually is integrated so well, the fact that he fits so much on there and you'll often see him like pull something out that like will screw in nicely. And you know, I didn't even know that was there, but that looks so cool. Batman is the best pack rat. He really ever. (laughs) He he could probably move like from one house to another Mm -hmm. in three utility belts. Yeah. Don't ask me how he gets furniture in there, but he just does. <laughs> it just happens. Very true. I I always love the um this is more of a beyond thing, mm-hmm. but I've seen it integrated into the modern costume as well, where he has the like listening amplification. Yeah. Like microphones on the fingertips here uh, yeah. in the cowl. Just like that, put yeah. your fingers against a window. And so. I've seen them do that in like the telltale games and stuff too. Yep. I love that for whatever reason. It's super cool. It's what everyone wants out of Batman's toys. Like if you think about 
comic books and it being an extension of kind of what you want to be and like mm-hmm. what you aspire to be and things and things you want. I think being able to hear through windows and surfaces by just touching them is a big part of it. Yeah. And also, I'm tempted know, to say, give me a connection to the back computer and Alfred through like the lenses and a computer overlay and stuff. Mm. But I actually kind of prefer when he's not going that crazy high tech. Yeah. And he's relying on his wits and his own knowledge. I agree. Like Oracle, like who I didn't, I purposefully didn't cast, which mm-hmm. I probably should have, but like whatever. It always breaks her for me when Batman is talking to her just like on a crime scene. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, you can do this yourself. You don't really need, like, sure, it might take you a little more time, but you don't need Barbara Gordon telling you exactly, like, the footage from the traffic cams. Like, you're mm-hmm. going to get that later. Don't worry about and it. And I'd rather get a narration of his inner monologue mm-hmm. as to what he's thinking instead of having him actually say something out loud to somebody. Like, if he's on a crime scene, like, Give me all of his thoughts in yes. voiceover. Yes. Oh, 100%. please. 100%. Yes. For Barbara Gordon, if anyone is wondering who I would cast, because I know mm-hmm. people on the edge of their seats right now about this, Elizabeth Olsen. Last thing we talked about a little bit more standalone movie, larger universe. And how would you like take advantage of the larger universe if that's what you choose? Mm. See, I think, God, it, it's hard. So here's the thing mm-hmm. I don't think you should ever make a movie with the intent of a larger universe unless it's already there. I think you just make the movie. Okay. And if the movie is strong enough, use that as a foundation mm-hmm. for the next story and then start introducing other universe elements. But don't ignore a larger universe either. Like in in this movie, in, in a long Halloween one, I had mentioned use the Joker, mm-hmm. but don't center it around the Joker. Like have him come in, causes chaos, and then get thrown in jail. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we acknowledged that there's a Joker out there. He showed up. And he's there. And there's probably other characters, too. Like, we're not ignoring a larger universe, but focus on this movie and just make this one good. For me, it would be part of a larger universe. Mm -hmm. But I agree that I don't think Batman is the proper vehicle to uh, introduce a larger universe. Mm. So, like, I guess the way actually there's a very easy way for me to incorporate a large universe into No Man's Land because it's literally the end of No Man's Land. Yeah. Is like, see, I think your movie works better as a part of like more at the tail end of a larger universe. I think it should. uh, I think DC Extended Universe got it right when you start with Superman. Mm -hmm. If you want to start with one of the big guys, then you just build it out from there and it just goes into the rest of the world. And then from No Man's Land, you get President Luthor which is my favorite Lex Luthor in the mm. world until he goes crazy. But that's also because infinite crisis stuff happened. Yeah. Yeah. But like him just being like slightly shady, but like, look like he putting up all his own money to help rebuild Gotham, which is, has two different like reasons or three different reasons. Like he can rebuild the city from the ground up. Mm-hmm. He can incorporate whatever technology he wants into there and get a seedy underbelly in there immediately. Mm-hmm. And he looks like a saint while doing it. Yeah. Perfect Lex Luthor. John Hamm as Lex Luthor is my perfect Lex Luthor. I can see that too. Yeah. Perfect. All right. That, that's, that's everything. That's all our talking points. We're out of time. That's it. <laughs> We're probably over time at this We're point. Way over time, but it's fine. We'll make that. It's great. <laughs> I, this is nothing new to me. Uh, Rob, thank you so much for joining and talking. This about was making, great. I enjoyed this quite a I, bit. I enjoyed this so, so much. People might have heard your voice somewhere on the internet. They might have. Might have. Maybe. I don't know. 
Why don't you tell the wonderful people where they've heard you before? So there's a few shows. <laughs> a few. There's about uh, 15. There's about 15. No, there's <laughs> there's there's three right now. Yes. There's the Geek Generation podcast, uh, which is the flagship of this network that you're listening yes. to right now. It's wonderful. Uh, to you it can time. also hear me on the movie-centric Random Movie Club, mm-hmm. which you've also been on. I've been on. It's true. And the one that you probably will never be on because we don't have other people on, (laughs) Uh, which is our newer podcast called Quantum Drive, which is uh, discussing the episodes of the Orville, though we do plan to get on like cast and crew and things like that, too. So you say probably never, but life finds a way. Life does find a way. Life does find a way. (laughs) (laughs) Rob, thank you so much for hanging out with me, for talking again. Um Everyone should a hundred. If you're not already following all of those podcasts and haven't already given them all five star reviews, you 110 percent to 115 percent. We'll bump it up an extra five need to do so because they're all wonderful. And you listeners, thank you so much for hanging out with us on this very special, very different episode of Adapt This. And remember, until next time, we'll we'll see see you in in the the funny funny pages. pages. Yeah, good enough. Adapt This, a DC Animated Universe podcast, is a proud part of the Geek Generation Network. Be sure to check out all of the wonderful podcasts at thegeekgeneration.com.